Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. We are your hub for queer and trans mental health care. Each episode, we talk with one of our open space therapists or LGBTQ community member about mental health and building community. I am your host, Renee Johnson, they, them. Founder of Open Space Therapy Collective, I'm a licensed therapist and an art therapist. I specialize in working with queer artists who are exploring their gender identity and recovering from complex trauma. This week, we are talking with Tara Friedman, she, her. Tara is an associate therapist with Open Space Therapy Collective. Tara specializes in working with high-achieving women who experience anxiety and also works with couples and partners who are currently in or exploring non-monogamous relationships. As we dive into today's topic, please keep in mind that this is a mental health podcast and we will talk about sensitive issues. If you would like to be informed of any trigger warnings, please read the podcast description. All right. Uh, Welcome to My Therapist is Out, an open space therapy collective podcast. And we have our therapist with us today, Tara Friedman. Hello. Hello. Good to see you. And we're going to talk about feeling your feelings, Mm -hmm. which is really important. This this episode's going to come out in about a month, Mm -hmm. um, right in the thick of all of the holiday chaos where like Mm. this sparkly fun part of it has come off and we still have like another three weeks to go. A very important time to be able to feel some feelings and know how to do that and also how to take a break from also feeling your feelings all the time. Yeah, (laughs) which is so important Um, and we will get into that. How how are you feeling about going into this? Because this is, you know, we can be like feel your feelings, but Mm. it's actually it's a pretty heavy topic. I think it's a really important topic and I see a lot of chatter about it and a lot of people encouraging each other to feel their feelings and saying it's okay to feel your feelings. I don't see as much of a discussion around what that actually looks Mm -hmm. like and why. Mm -hmm. Like what's the point of that? Why would you want to do that? For some people they believe it's easier not to. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, that's so important and I mean that's my big beef with like the Instagram social media things is like they're just little snippets but you don't get into the meat of it and I realize this is like not a hot take but it's all of the things that you see are just like hey you're a people pleaser is a note to like go deeper into it because there's Mm -hmm. so much more into that and just like yeah feel your feelings it's layered Mm -hmm. a lot of nuance a lot of nuance that's hard to capture yeah so Let's start from the beginning. What does it mean? To feel your feelings. Yeah, yeah so I think it's, it's really common to think about your feelings mm-hmm. rather than feel them. Um, and so a lot of people have like a, a narrative in their head about what they should feel, what they shouldn't feel, what they're allowed to feel, um, and will kind of intellectualize or languageify their emotions in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, And the difference is that actually feeling your feelings involves noticing, accepting, allowing, and witnessing the actual like physiological emotional process Mm -hmm. that you're going through. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you brought up like what you're allowed to and not allowed to feel Mm -hmm. or like, oh, I am around my sister and so I know I'm gonna feel like this and I'm gonna have this narrative and if I do these things then I can not lash out and blah 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 which Mm -hmm. is not feeling them that's like knowing that they exist somewhere but being very disconnected from them Mm -hmm. where if you allow yourself to drop into that and experience that it's a totally different process 
Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like um, the logistics of the event versus going to the event. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. What, you know, a lot of people come into therapy being like, I feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. Mm -hmm. And feelings can often feel bad. So Mm -hmm. isn't the point of therapy not feeling bad? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point to bring up. Um, When people come into therapy and they're like, I feel bad. I don't want to feel bad anymore. Oftentimes the feeling bad that they're experiencing is reasonable resistance to not wanting to feel the Mm -hmm. thing. So a lot of people have the impression that they are feeling and processing and it feels bad when in reality they're often engaged in this like push-pull tug-of-war with their feelings, which is not the same as feeling them. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes if we have the space in therapy, the safe, you know, regulated boundaried area to actually sit with those emotions, Mm -hmm. the way out is through. Mm -hmm. So therapy is less about not feeling bad than actually feeling and being able to tolerate a range of emotions. Mm-hmm. We'll hear a lot from clients, well, I don't want to feel that. Mm. Or like, that's like I'm having this feeling, but that's not how what I think about this person. I'm around this person and I like get angry, but I don't actually, I'm not mad at them. Mm. Um, and how do you, how do you talk to people about the feeling and the thought being different and that the relationship that logic kind of plays into there. Mm-hmm. So there can be so many different reasons why somebody's feelings about something and their thoughts or opinions about something can differ. Mm-hmm. There can be like entrenched values. Like um, an example would be that somebody asked someone to do them a favor. They want to do it mm-hmm. in their brain. They absolutely feel comfortable with that in their body and in their emotional life, they feel angry and resentful. Mm -hmm. And that mismatch can be really disruptive because that's bumping up against somebody's socialization or their values or what they wish was true. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think even just acknowledging that mismatch and sometimes they won't be on the same page. Sometimes you wish you felt a different way. Mm -hmm. That's okay. It's still important to acknowledge the way you do feel. Mm Can you say more about the wish? Because I think that's Mm -hmm. a really important thing of like, um, I want to help out my friend. Like they're moving, I've got a Saturday, I'm happy to do that. Like it's in my value system to be supportive, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm feeling angry and resentful. Where does wish or fantasy kind of move between the two? Mm -hmm. So people might feel angry or resentful, either that they don't actually have the emotional or physical resources to follow through on something they want, Mm -hmm. or they might feel angry or resentful that someone asked them for something because they're not quite comfortable saying no. Mm. They might have said yes when they meant no. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that mismatch, that mismatch can happen for a lot of different reasons, but I think it's really important to acknowledge the the reality and then the fantasy. Mm-hmm. And then you can choose what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and there's still choice in there mm-hmm. where like if you're having, a f- if you're feeling your feelings, if the emotions are coming up, you can experience those and still make a choice. Mm-hmm. It's not all of a sudden then that feeling and emotion take control and you are just a slave to that. Those are, those are different things. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, like these are, they're all steps in a process 
it's not one of them takes control or dominates the other one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because oftentimes there's this sense that um, we can't take feelings into account because then we'll just be out of control, mm -hmm. charging after our feelings, doing whatever we feel like. Mm -hmm. But when we kind of recontextualize that with our thoughts, a lot of people are much more um, following the actions that their thoughts dictate. Mm -hmm. But we're not out of control in that way, right? Like if somebody honks at you, you may want to yell at them. <laughs> that might be your first thought. Mm -hmm. I'm going to yell at them. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you do that. Yeah. So acknowledging, I think there can be some anxiety or fear around acknowledging anger or frustration or resentment or any of these like stereotypically unpleasant mm -hmm. feelings um, because of the fear around then I'm going to have to do something about it. Mm -hmm. You still get to choose mm -hmm. just like you do with your thoughts. Yeah. I. I love anger as an emotion, especially in therapy. It's probably my favorite one. Um, but even like today, I was riding my bike to the office and there was somebody um, with a leaf blower and they didn't see me and they mm. like leaf blowed across my face, <laughs> which was not fun. In allergy season. Yeah. And my earbud fell out and then a car rode over it. And I like, in the moment, I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, oh no, this is terrible. And my feelings, I'm like, rage and like, oh my God, I'm going to like, beat this person up I would mm -hmm. never do that mm -hmm. um, and then I stop and turn around and like actually see everything that's happening and I'm like oh man this poor person didn't realize it it's a headphone it's fine and like because I was able to go through that emotion process at the end of it then you have kind of all of the information mm -hmm. to make a choice where yeah. if you stop and I'm like nope I'm not gonna be angry then that's stuck and you can't actually then make fuller mm -hmm. choices and fuller decisions. Yeah, I really think because we, in our society, we um, value logic so much that I think it's a real detriment to people's emotional life in that there's this sense that if you repress your feelings or ignore them or just like they're knocking on the door and you're not answering, mm -hmm. um, that you get to stay in like control. Mm -hmm. When in reality, when you're, when you're talking about like if you just push that away, it'll get stuck. Those things get stuck and stuck and stuck and become kind of like the GPS that's guiding you that you don't even know you're running. Mm -hmm. Didn't even realize it was on. Mm -hmm. So kind of counterintuitively, I think we can find a lot more agency and a lot more um, confidence and clarity when we do feel the emotions, even if they're very uncomfortable. And that's where therapy can come in handy mm -hmm. because some people don't have experience feeling those big unpleasant feelings mm -hmm. by themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they, they can feel really overwhelming, especially mm -hmm. if you've been shoving them down because if you have 20, 30, 40 years of repressed emotion and you start letting them up and you're not practiced with it, it can feel really out of control. Mm -hmm. um, so having that support is, is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's why I think of I, my favorite metaphor for feelings and emotions is like, um, a pot boiling over, like maybe you're making rice, maybe you're making oatmeal, but you start to hear it fizzle and you know that you have to lift the pot, not for the whole time, but just mm -hmm. for a little bit so that some steam can get out. Mm -hmm. And that steam is what I think of like the emotions as, that mm -hmm. sometimes you gotta lift the lid mm -hmm. and not so, like consistently mm -hmm. you gotta lift the lid, mm -hmm. otherwise things boil over. Yeah. When somebody asks you what the difference between an emotion and a feeling is mm. or the how to engage with with those two things or if they are maybe the same thing how do mm. you respond to that because that 
they get used differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think of feelings as like the physiological feeling in the body, the sensation, the physical experience that you're having. Maybe um, we can use your example of getting leaf blown in the face. Like, what was that rage like? Like, what was your heart rate like? What was your breathing like? What was the tension in your body like? Mm -hmm. um, and then the emotion is the name. I think of it as the name that we put to those sensations. Mm -hmm. So for you, that was rage. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of, I do differentiate. And I think it can be helpful mm -hmm. for people to differentiate sometimes. Um, how to engage with them. Yeah. So engaging with the, physiological physical part can be sometimes easier sometimes harder than engaging with naming the emotion so um, this goes back to something that I've mentioned before but therapists love to ask where you feel things in your body mm -hmm. um, and so that can help you identify some of the cues that an emotion is present that you're somewhere in an emotion cycle so something as simple as just noticing that you're sitting in traffic and that your shoulders are getting tense mm -hmm. that could be a cue that an emotion is coming up for you yeah I think a common one is like people will often feel anxiety in their chest or like mm -hmm. a tightening in their chest or their heart races or if you're angry your face gets flushed mm -hmm. um, and those because we we physically feel the emotion before our brain can go, that's anger, that's anxiety, that's, it's important to be in the process of engaging with your body in that feeling state. Mm -hmm. um, because the more that you do that, then the quicker your, your mind and your body can connect and your mind and your emotions can connect and it's all helping your whole system communicate together, mm -hmm. right? Instead of keeping them very separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think brings us to this sense of why would we do this? Like, mm -hmm. what's the point? Mm -hmm. And if you are attuning to your body, like, it's not necessarily enough to say, okay, um, my heart's beating really fast. Okay, what's step two? Like you're saying, this is all part of a process. What's step two? Okay, that's anger mm -hmm. for me right now. Okay, what does that mean? What is that anger telling you? Like, anger's not just there to make you upset and mm -hmm. give you a shitty time or an unpleasant yeah. experience it's there to tell you that something needs to change that maybe a boundary's been crossed or maybe you aren't in alignment with your values mm -hmm. um, and those messages are really important our emotions are messengers mm -hmm. to tell us about our internal and external experience so step three is like what does that anger want me to do mm -hmm. sometimes you choose to go with it and sometimes you say hmm, that's a choice I'm not going to make today. <laughs> yeah. Like yelling at the person who honked at you or, yeah. or getting mad at the person who leaf blowed you. Mm -hmm. You still get a choice. Yeah. There's a, a space between feeling and thinking and action. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the work that we do with people and we all need to do as just humans in the mm -hmm. world is taking the, the beat in that space to make the choice mm -hmm. instead of ignoring it and just having a thought or an action just result in a reaction. Yeah. Um, you said something about movement. So feeling like that, I think one thing that people often come in and don't realize is that feelings don't get stuck, we stick them. Mm. And so 
when, you know, I'm riding my bike, getting leaf blown in the face, mm -hmm. if I would have stopped it, then the anger would have stayed there. Mm -hmm. But your body move is constantly moving and changing and moving mm -hmm. through your nervous system and changing through your feelings. And so if you're feeling anger and you let it go, it will go away. Mm -hmm. um, you're yeah. feeling happy. That's why we're not happy all the time. If we could stick happy, I think a lot of people, well, a lot of people try and do that and it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. But it's... So it's never a permanent state, mm -hmm. and it's when sometimes it's trauma, and sometimes it's because we're shoving emotions that we can't, um, where we get stuck in a depressed, you know, freeze state or mm -hmm. a um, really heightened, like angry or flight state. Um, but if we let let the feeling keep going, it will keep moving, and we can go on with whatever it is that we're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's that's a really really good point about emotions being somewhat fleeting or being impermanent kind of in their nature because they're a physiological process like generally we aren't always hungry we aren't always full mm -hmm. we aren't always sleepy mm -hmm. um, and the physiological process of the emotion it really doesn't have that long of a shelf life mm -hmm. I think most emotion waves last a couple minutes at most mm -hmm. um, and I hear a lot of people say that they're afraid that if they start to feel something it'll never end mm -hmm. Um, and so that can be one of the side effects of pushing away and that push-pull with emotion for a long time is the longer people wait, the scarier it can be. Mm -hmm. The sense that like there was two years of emotions, now there's four years, now there's six years, and that that will just be an unending wave. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's like the tides. Mm -hmm. It'll come and go, it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. um, and emotions do have beginnings, middle, and ends. What you're talking about is getting stuck in the middle of an emotion cycle. Can you go back to something you said about what does a feeling want you to do? Mm -hmm. Can you talk more about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so sometimes um, you might be doing a new activity and you might have a huge smile on your face, you might have this feeling of warmth in your body, of looseness, energy, um, and you might recognize that as joy and realize that this activity is bringing you joy. And maybe that joy wants you to do this activity more. Maybe you're having a conversation with somebody and they say something unexpected and you kind of feel like you got the wind knocked out of you and your shoulders are tense and you feel really tight and maybe that's hurtful. Maybe that's pain mm -hmm. that you're feeling. Um, and that emotion wants you to either set a boundary or communicate mm -hmm. with this person. Mm -hmm. So the idea of emotions as messengers that are trying to signal a need or a want or a desire um, can sometimes help people contextualize like why mm -hmm. it might be valuable to tune into their emotions. In the case where, let's say, um, a boundary's been crossed and the feeling wants you to set a boundary, mm. um, but for whatever reason, the dynamic, the situation, it's not safe at that point to set that boundary or communicate it in the way that your feeling state wants you to do. Mm. What are other options to honor the emotion and the feeling without just following the action mm. that is desired or mm -hmm. coming from that feeling space? Yeah, I think the, the great thing is that this is where you get to get creative because setting a boundary can look like 
just outright saying to the person, I don't like that, don't say that to <laughs> me, or I'll leave. Um, it can look like making a decision about how often you'll see that person or what things you'll share with them or um, how long you're gonna stay at this particular event that you're at. Mm -hmm. um, it might look like, I think about this with intuitive eating and if this is an inappropriate tangent, we can deal with it later, but um, sometimes with intuitive eating, you have to plan ahead. You don't know when you're gonna be able to eat next, so you bring snacks. Mm -hmm. So there's some of that aspect to me too with emotions. Like we can't always give the emotion exactly what it means. Mm -hmm. Maybe what you're able to offer that need for a boundary in the moment, maybe what you can offer is three deep breaths mm -hmm. that nobody can really tell you're taking mm -hmm. or maybe a grounding exercise of looking around and finding three pink things mm -hmm. to refocus yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's not always, there's not just one answer for a desire, like a mm -hmm. feeling want. Um, like your system will work with you and it will say like, I want you to set this boundary and tell this person to fuck off. But the other part of you like, well, that's not safe and I wanna be safe. Mm -hmm. And the other part's like, well, we need to get the hell out of here. Well, we can't do that because we're in the middle of a plane ride and you can't jump out of a plane. Yeah. So there's like multiple layers to this and all of those things, when you're allowing yourself to compromise, allowing yourselves to feel these things, we'll come to an agreement and be like, okay, three deep breaths and then we are um, getting off this plane as soon as possible, we can do that. Mm -hmm. um, I know I have a couple people who I've worked with over the years for their own circumstances had to keep being in an environment where that was really difficult for them. Mm -hmm. And something that would help would be planned aftercare. And so one of them was like a really stressful job. They needed to keep the job until they found another one. Um, and so they would plan like, okay, this is what I'm gonna do to prep beforehand. Here are my tools while I'm at work. And then here's what I'm gonna take care of myself afterwards mm -hmm. to help feel through that emotional cycle when they couldn't you know, kick their boss in the shins or whatever they were, their mm -hmm. feeling state was wanting them to do. Mm -hmm. So there's also time options in here too. It doesn't have to be in that moment. Let's talk about how how this might be different for queer and trans people, um, because it's not necessarily our world, and the world isn't necessarily built for us. So we tend to feel things or respond to things differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things that I think of for queer and trans people, and people who, in general, their identity has been marginalized or questioned, is that that is such a repetitive. Um, kind of external disconnect mm -hmm. between someone's experience, their feelings, their emotions, and what's reflected to them, that for these populations, it can, it can be deeply entrenched to not feel your feelings and to distance yourself from your emotions because they are so difficult to tolerate, so painful, and so you know, habitually denied mm. by the society, external world, family, and all things like that. So, um, this is a really delicate process. We don't, we talk about kind of moving at a sustainable pace in therapy and not um, doing too much too fast, not going a million miles an hour. Mm -hmm. And this can be one of the reasons because emotions, like you were mentioning earlier about being triggered into a trauma response, emotions can trigger that. Bringing up a big emotion can be too much all at once. Mm -hmm. 
And I think of it as like taking sips mm -hmm. of our emotions rather than like, you know, the post football game like Gatorade dump. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when your feelings and experience has been denied so habitually, um, your own internal disconnect happens and there's just, um, there can be this sense of there's a part of you inside screaming that the other part of you can't hear. And if you, you know, take that lid off and just leave it off mm -hmm. without teaching the two parts how to connect, mm -hmm. um, it can get really messy. And that, that overwhelm and that like panicky feeling and that, oh, I don't want to do this again, um, is going to come. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do we that. We don't want to do that, no. What's a way to practice uh, for people on their own? If they're like, you know, this kind of relates, I don't know, I think about my feelings, I know my feelings, but am I feeling my feelings? What are some ways that people can kind of practice? Mm -hmm. um, one of the ways that I like to practice, even for myself, is to either set an alarm or schedule a time to literally sit still-ish um, and notice what's going on. Mm -hmm. What am I feeling? Am I tense or am I relaxed? Am I feeling heavy or light? Am I feeling a lot of movement in my body or am I feeling stillness? Um, and kind of wait to hear it. Mm -hmm. um, using that as a tool, as you can kind of build it up, it's sort of like a muscle. Mm -hmm. um, so doing that a couple of times a week and increasing it as you feel comfortable, mm -hmm. maybe up to a couple times a day. Mm -hmm. um, that can be really helpful for people. I also, I also think it's a great idea to start with a container. This is something that is really new for people. Setting a timer, mm -hmm. maybe like a one minute timer. Mm -hmm. And that might seem like a really small amount of time, but if you are able to check in for 30 seconds, one minute, and then like you said, like put the lid back on, mm -hmm. that teaches your body that's a safe experience, mm -hmm. that it's not gonna be a million miles an hour intolerable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, being in LA and the traffic is what it is, it's also helpful to have like external cues to do that. Like mm -hmm. if you can only do a couple breaths at a time, all right, do it when you get in the car, do mm -hmm. it when you're stuck at a red light, do it bef when you pull into your parking spot, um, do it when you sit down at your desk. Like having those external triggers, an alarm. Um, are going to help because you're not going to intuitively remember mm -hmm. to do something you've never really done before. Yeah. And so, but that will help you continue to build that muscle and continue to grow that, um, grow that tool box in a safe way. Mm -hmm. What's, what do you think the benefit of this is? Like if somebody's like, I don't know, I'm not doing this, but like I, my life's okay. Like what do you think? would be helpful? What, do you, what have you seen people's growth be like as they've mm. allowed themselves to feel their feelings? Yeah, I've seen people find a lot more freedom, mm -hmm. sense of freedom and agency in not being kind of led by these invisible emotions. Mm -hmm. um, people Oftentimes when we're repressing or pushing down a certain uh, slice of the emotion wheel, mm -hmm. we're also oftentimes pushing down the whole emotion wheel. It's really hard to only deny or repress certain emotions and prioritize others. So a lot of times if people are avoiding or 
discounting certain emotions, that means they don't have full access to joy. They mm -hmm. don't have full access to hope or um, pleasure, mm -hmm. joyfulness. So I've seen a lot of people find courage and bravery to go after the things that they want, whether that be a job or a relationship or travel. Um, I've seen a lot of people also find peace mm -hmm. and a lot of confidence that they can tolerate these big emotions and that they um, do have the tools to show up for themselves in that way. Mm -hmm. Which is huge. Those are huge. big things. Huge. And you know, it's always so interesting how we repress emotions because we want the control. But when you feel the feelings and you acknowledge the emotions, you actually get a bunch of agency. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting how our society is structured to make you believe the opposite of what's really true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Like I could count, I couldn't count actually the amount of faces that I've seen fall when I say sometimes the way out is through. Mm -hmm. But once people get through, mm -hmm. getting through the next time is so much easier. Mm -hmm. Getting through the next time after that is so much easier. Mm -hmm. And to be free of the sense that there's something within yourself that you are hiding from or pushing away all the time like that's a lot of energy that push pull tug of war mm -hmm. it's a lot of energy imagine being able to devote that to your passions mm -hmm. or the things that are going to bring you more joy into your life yeah it's that intuitive piece is important too like i wonder i wonder this all the time mm. but um if we were just kind of born in a silo for a while and like had five years without any like societal nonsense if it would be intuitive like if it would be we would naturally do those things more there'd be a mm -hmm. whole set of other problems but, mm -hmm. so this is not real sure. but um but coming from like a very like midwest scandinavian stoic background mm -hmm. head down barrel through is you know like a bull on a cornfield is very much like how I was taught over and over mm. and over and over again. And so it is like that where I can go into that mode and just push through. Mm -hmm. And it's completely detrimental. It might be fine if like, um, I don't know, there's a car accident happening and I just need to be paying attention so to avoid huge risk. Mm -hmm. But in every other situation, it's always a detriment. And I still, after mm. way too many years, still will go into that so fast and have to catch myself and then back up and then restart and do do the experience over again so I know how I'm actually feeling what I'm actually thinking what I actually want to do with this and not just like let's push through these 4,000 spreadsheets to get to this goal that might happen in four years like mm -hmm. that's not gonna work mm -hmm. I think it's a really good point because when we see little when I see little kids and I see a kid really fall into a deep feeling they're very sad and they're telling you they're very sad mm -hmm. and there isn't this degree of shame or confusion they're they're not confused about what they're feeling mm -hmm. and so i do think that there's a lot to be said for the conditioning to not only hide the expression of the emotion and to have like decorum and to mm -hmm. be proper but um even to acknowledge a feeling like anger mm -hmm. or frustration mm -hmm. to another human being even to someone's own self mm -hmm. can be very very scary mm -hmm. so i think there's a lot to be said for 
the way that we're conditioned out of this intuition. Mm -hmm. And so therapy can be really helpful in bringing people back into alignment and connectivity with themselves. Mm -hmm. There's a piece in here where also you, like I think mentioning triggers can be really helpful mm -hmm. because you can be triggered by something that's happening in front of your face to a different experience and you're actually having a feeling of that different experience mm -hmm. and if you're shutting down your feelings you're not going to realize that and you're going to be like I am angry about this person that's sitting in front of me when really they just use the same phrase that's reminding your system of something else mm -hmm. and being able to like feel through that and come out the other side and be like oh no this was actually about something that happened two years ago and they just said it in a way that triggered that mm -hmm. um, so it's also really like it doesn't, there's so much more that can be happening than just what's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And in that moment, I think that's when it's important to think about like the instinct might be to um, get really mad at that person mm -hmm. we've been talking about. And um, that other part of you might be like, hey, remember that this happens for us. Mm -hmm. This happens because of this other experience. So let's not take it out on our friend. Mm -hmm. And that kind of time to be able to sort through what's actually going on, that's one of the things that you're talking about with this like response versus reaction. Mm -hmm. um, there was something else you said that I thought was really important. Oh, about like snapping into that kind of like head down focus mode. Um, I think it's important to note that when we're talking about feeling your feelings, like n nobody is actively in the process of intentional like full focused feeling their feelings 100% of the time oh, God, like no. we could not get anything done <laughs> that's not what we're advocating is a mm -hmm. full-time attunement mm -hmm. um, and it's okay to sometimes have distance between your your moment-to-moment -moment experience and your emotions it's okay to decide that you're not going to take action right now um, it's okay to snap into you know oh it's an emergency I don't really have time to feel the feelings right mm -hmm. this moment in the emergency. I think what's important is that you're able to move back and forth between that attunement and that distance mm -hmm. um, and that you have access to feeling the feelings and that you feel them eventually, mm -hmm. right? Even if you can't be attuning to that and attending to it during the workday at your stressful job mm -hmm. where you're being misgendered or treated poorly. Mm -hmm. But when you get home, like you're talking about with the aftercare, maybe that's the time that you are actually able to mm -hmm. complete that cycle so it doesn't get mm -hmm. stuck. Yeah. Yeah, and that like talking about therapists being like, so where do you feel that in your body? That is why therapists tell you to journal and why they tell you to meditate and go yep. on walks. It's not because journaling is this like all great thing. It's mm -hmm. to set that time aside to pay attention to feel those feelings and really get that into your routine. So mm -hmm. it is a like touch in and touch out and stays fluid. And then it becomes habitual, right? Like you were talking about um, that it would be difficult for somebody to remember something new. Absolutely. And that's why I might ask somebody four or five times, at least in a session, what emotions coming up right now? Or where where is that emotion living in your body? What are those tears wanting you to say or do? Um, because that can get it into a habit. Mm -hmm. And once it's a habit, then it's much less effort. Awesome. This is a lot. It's like, it's, you know, I said this at the front, but I knew going into this, like I would feel very heavy because mm. there, there are, 
there's such a uh, expansive range of emotions, mm -hmm. um, and even talking about them can feel really heavy. And so, mm -hmm. making sure that you're honoring it, but not then making all of your decisions off of that mm -hmm. um, is really important, which is why we're going to go to lunch and do something fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and this this conversation is, of course, like a slice of the bigger pie, mm -hmm. as much nuance as we can cover mm -hmm. in one episode. Yeah. Practice. Mm -hmm. Lots and lots of practice. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be very individual for each person because of their own experience and their own Absolutely. makeup. Absolutely. Um, which is why therapy is great, obviously, shameless plug for the millionth time, um, <laughs> and having community that you can have these conversations with, who can support you, who can reflect back, like, hey, you seemed tense at this thing, like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. um, and, like, feel safe in those conversations. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. To end, mm -hmm. since we are all about therapy and community, mm -hmm. what's an example in the last <laughs> couple weeks where you felt really connected to your queer community? Um, so I just found this m musical artist, Girly. I don't know if you've oh, heard no, of it. Oh, no, I don't okay. know. It's so fun. So gay, so fun. Yay! Um, and I was driving on the freeway, and we were in bad traffic. Um, and these two people in the car next to me were, like, blasting one of these Girly songs. And I put it on. We were, like, totally still. And uh, I put it on in my car, too, and it was just, like, really sweet to look over and, uh, like, know that we were having a moment, but we didn't even know each other. Yeah. Oh, that's really cute. I love yeah. that. Uh, it's amazing how, I don't know, there's so much good, like, queer music out right now that, like, it's such a great signaling, like, mm -hmm. stuck in traffic and you see some someone of your of your community, like, blasting this thing and being like, yep, I'm even with my people in traffic. Yeah, it's yeah, great. exactly. Cool. Well, thank you for being here and talking about this. Hopefully this is helpful for you all in the, mm -hmm. in the thick of December. Um, if you are interested in talking with Tara, we have some in-person and mm -hmm. virtual appointments available, yep. which is wonderful. Um, so reach out to us. Uh, you can email us at info at Open Space Therapy Collective. Dot com and you can find us on TikTok and Instagram at Open Space Therapy Collective or My Therapist is Out. And I think that's it. I think that's it. Okay. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you're in California and looking for a therapist, visit our website at OpenSpaceTherapyCollective.com and book a free intro call with one of our therapists. If you're enjoying My Therapist is Out, please rate, review, and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. My Therapist is Out is an Open Space Therapy Collective podcast. Our therapists are Renee Johnson, Kristen Crow, Debbie White, Jenny Nigro, and Tara Friedman. Our podcast editing is done by Smash and Grab Studio. We'd love to hear from you about today's topic, so you can email us at info at openspacetherapycollective.com. You can find us on TikTok and Instagram at My Therapist Is Out and Open Space Therapy Collective. Thanks for listening.